Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. This is a unique episode for me as it's a bit of a reunion of the Pawtucket, Rhode Island band Cedros uh, that I'm you know, proud to say I was a part of about 10 years ago. Uh, we got together for a conversation because an album that we recorded back in 2011 never came out, uh, but it will this Friday, November 5th. Yeah, so Caleb, Phil, and I got together to talk about our experience in the band what it was like working with Daryl Rabidou to make the album, and some of the more memorable shows we played during our time as a band. So, as always, I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, if you do enjoy some of the songs, you know, please consider picking up the record. And thanks. Thank you guys for hopping on this. It's uh, just thinking about how, really, I mean, we've talked individually but we haven't really talked as a group in quite a long time. So this is really fun and, and excited to kind of talk about where we were, you know, 10, eight, 10 years ago, whatever it was, you know? Um, but yeah, just for everyone that's listening, could you uh, just introduce yourselves and, you know, what you played in, in Cedros? Uh, sure. Well, first off, thanks for setting us all up, James. Really cool to uh, have a reason to talk about you know what we did but i'm caleb and i played guitar and sang a bunch and um made a bunch of noise uh i'm phil i played bass um and helped caleb drink <laughs> all right that. Yeah. and you sang yeah you sang. You did vocals yeah. i did yeah, a little bit here and there yes and i'm james and i i am the host of this show but i also played drums and very proud to have played drums in cedros and um one of my favorite bands I ever played in so uh yeah we've gotten together to talk because we recorded a record back in 2011 and uh because of you know life i guess circumstances or whatever else it was you know it just never came out but to mark the 10th anniversary of that this record is coming out on november 5th uh, it will be available as a five song, seven inch that comes with a full album download, uh, a full length cassette that has two exclusive like home demos that we'll talk about during this interview and, uh, and then digital download on Bandcamp as well as on all your favorite streaming services. So you should be able to get it in whatever way you like. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I'll throw it to you, Caleb, just because you were the like primary songwriter of this band. How would you uh, like describe the start of, of like writing these songs? Like uh, when did you start writing a lot of the songs that were on, on the red night, which is the name of this album? Um, so that, that would be probably like 2006, 2007. I had been playing music with our friend, Mark Lambert of uh, sharks come cruising, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, uh, I don't know. We had a project that just kind of uh, where we were both writing songs. And um, so, you know, I had this whole batch of songs. And then you you mentioned something to me probably about a year or two. I guess it would be 2009 or so. Um, 
you know, about playing you and I, James have played together off and on for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, I don't think we were living together at that point. I I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually my uh, memory. So I will trust whatever you say, but, (laughs) um, to skip ahead, Caleb and I lived together while we wrote this record and, um, that is wayward house, but yes, I don't remember exactly when I moved in with you at that time, but yeah, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I yeah. mean, uh, it was a, a really interesting time. And um, yeah, I mean, you and I always talked about playing uh, music together as, you know, I mean, any any friends do. Right. You mm-hmm. know, we have played on and off for years and we'd hang out and say like, oh, we should do something. We should do something. And um, yeah. And then you you kind of put it to me like, OK, like, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, and at the time I had like this batch of, uh, pretty finished songs, which was really unusual for me. I, you know, I was always the guitar player guy who would, um, have riffs and, and pieces to like kind of present to a, a full band and say, Hey, I have this, um, you know, what, what do you think does this stick? Um, but I had been kind of, uh, it, it was like a, kind of transitionary phase of my life so i'm sitting around in that in that house in those big rooms mm-hmm. and um and writing these songs so i had that first batch of songs that we ended up working out um you know pretty much fully cooked mm-hmm. and that would be i think about 2009 it was so it would have been about two years before we recorded we started to kind of play around with those yeah yeah i remember that you'd had a tremendous amount of demos like i don't think i've ever worked with anyone that has so many ideas um and to be honest and to flatter you right now like so many good ideas like there, like there's an incredible amount of like really interesting really cool stuff that you know has come out on this record um but you just even have like just a bunch of like really crisp you know, minute long demos that are just, that just rule, you know, as someone that, that minute long. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I, I love that stuff. That's, so anyway, I just remember that be like, that, yeah. yeah, here's, here's like your summer, whatever, 2010 demos. And it's like 22 tracks or whatever. It's like, well, man, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, very, uh, very pollardy, you know, in that nature of just that. No, I just really enjoy, um, I, like, so again, around that period of time, I, I kind of, um, began to like write complete songs from the pieces I had. I just kind of, you know, uh, made things work, put things together. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, you guys kind of seem to be on this page too. It's really enjoyable to, uh, to figure out where a song's going. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have this idea, you can hear things in your head. Okay. This is kind of what I'm thinking. Let's see where this goes or, uh, this change doesn't seem right. And you fiddle around with things enough and, and there you go. I mean, it's a one minute song. Boom. Yeah. Phil, from from your perspective, like how, how did you come into the fold with all of this stuff? Caleb called me and said, um, Sharks Come Cruising is having their record release party. Um, We're going to do a couple songs to open for them. I need a bass player. Do you want to play bass? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't have a bass, but sure, I'll do it. (laughs) That's, that's the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was in Boston. I was actually working in Boston at the time. And I think we might've even talked like I was on my way home and on my phone, I like got on uh, daddy's junkie music and I'm like searching bases, like cheap bases. And as I'm coming through in Shrewsbury, 
um, at the old daddy's, they, um, they had a Washburn base for 80 bucks. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So I just, I just detoured right there, grabbed that base. I'm in there. And the, the guy's like, that's actually a really nice base for like 80 bucks. He goes, you want like a gig bag or something? So it doesn't get ruined. I'm like, yeah, nah, it's okay. Like, I don't got to spend money on that gig <laughs> bag for this. He's like, no, I'll throw it in. Oh so yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. I got a gig bag in the base. And um, Caleb had whatever amp, I think he had a PV amp at the time or either that or the trainer that I played through Mm -hmm. and it just made it work. And um, I think because you're you're a guitarist, right, Phil? Like you've been. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm a guitarist. Caleb and I have been playing guitar together since like 97. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of thing, too, where it's like, oh, we always get together and like we've always we've written some really good stuff together and like we always get to the point where it's like we have great pieces of songs and you know i just i i i went in a different direction and i just didn't focus on music as much and um kind of fell out of it and unless i played with you guys i wasn't playing at all mm-hmm. so just to be able to play i was like i'll play bass i'll play whatever you need me to do that's that's fine but i i mean i approached it as a guitarist i don't know how to write bass lines and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is funny because there are like several songs where i can hear um like just outstanding bass parts that i you know it just makes i don't know i i mean you you were the first person i thought of just because we had played together and you're such a good player i was like well yeah he, he's not a bass player but he should be able to sort this out like nothing and you did it was like not i mean Honestly, think about it. You hadn't really been, you hadn't played bass. You didn't even own one. You picked up this, like, it's basically as cheap as you could pay yeah. for a, a bass, right? It was literally the cheapest into... bass online in New England. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow, what a bargain, you know? Yeah. Had it. You just flew through it. It was like nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun. I mean, it was actually, I mean, it kind of got me out of my comfort space. Mm-hmm. So it was something I hadn't done. And, um, like, I remember one time we were doing, um, the, the, we were tracking, or I don't even know if we were tracking or playing live, um, wake up and James was like, oh, you know, don't, don't go too crazy. Leave it, you know, leave it open. Like kind of do like a reggae baseline. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I just like, kind of like hit a note on the, the kick and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that works. It was fine. It worked out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like learning. Like it was, it was kind of fun. It was like learning music all over again from like a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it came out. I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed doing it, and um, I'm, I'm proud of the product. Mm-hmm. Definitely should be. It's, it's outstanding. I mean, like so many pieces, especially, you know, getting a good recording. So many times. I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this before, but you, you suddenly are able to hear everything that everybody's doing. That mm-hmm. you can't really hear when you're in a practice space or in a live environment, you know, mm-hmm. and you get, you have the time to kind of like sneak back and like, Oh, I'm going to bump the bass up or I'm going to like, if I like throw a little bit more treble here, I can actually hear like James's hi hat and what he's doing there. And I've never been able to hear that before. So you can appreciate it from like kind of a whole new level, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, my hi hat work is phenomenal. <laughs> Hey. They're like, hey, Jimmy Hi Hats, you know? So, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Hi Hats. I, uh, I can see you with like one of those uh, bowling jackets with that name on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had, I had been playing in Sharks from Cruising for quite a while. 
I love playing in that band, but yeah, we had our record release booked at club hell and was it for this one? Oh yeah. Wow. I I didn't realize you had a signed copy of that. That's pretty Uh cool. What did I say? Did I say anything on it? I also have the unsigned if you, you know, with that one. Um, what does it say? Thank you so much for the support. Oh, and then and you wrote my name. You you wrote the wrong name on there. You're like, what's your name again, kid? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sh- threw a, I threw a baseball up at you. Any? <laughs> I put a baseball in a bucket just for Pawtucket's sake, you know. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, the the band that was supposed to open like dropped off. I don't remember. Like, uh, I don't think that we gave you a, a long lead time, did we, Caleb? It was I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't remember it being like you had months to plan this. It was like a band dropped off like two weeks ahead of time. Like you want to do this. And, and at that time Mm. we must've been living together, I would say, and just knew that you had this stuff and knew that you could do it. So that that your set was like half solo, like, like Ted Leo ish, you know, loud electric guitar. And then, and then we, Phil and I came up and and played a, a handful of songs. So yeah, I mean, and that wasn't even like we became Cedros, but on the flyer it was just Caleb Cabral. Um, yeah. But no, that was that was cool, and you know, shout out to Club Hell for having us back then, and um, getting to play in that room was pretty cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. With yeah, thinking about all the shows that that I had seen there, Phil, you you played there uh, plenty of times before, right? Uh, I played. I think I played Baby Hit, but it was Baby Hit. I think I played there once with Times Expired. Mm. but yeah that was it was still i'm like you i mean all the shows you saw there mm-hmm. was, yeah it's just crazy being in that room mm-hmm. yeah so what do you guys kind of remember about that that early uh time of actually coming up with the band name and and starting to like rehearse because we played you know caleb and i were living at uh at his house um in in Pawtucket, like within walking distance of mccoy stadium and uh, we had a, a basement down there that we would practice at and, you know, kind of play. It was a pretty sweet deal, to be honest. We'd kind of play wherever we wanted and <laughs> uh, kind of, uh, but uh, yeah. So what, what do you kind of remember about that early time of, of the band coming together? Uh, I definitely, I like, I remember we spent a lot of time working out like the first batch of songs, like the, maybe like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the ones you that know, are like they, on the demo that we actually recorded at way right as right well. yeah yeah right and and phil you recorded that stuff mm-hmm. and it like i you know i think uh, again you know um just like throwing down demos like that really um anchored everything so um you know i don't remember how i, I remember a couple different um times we recorded there and um one of them was up on the in the top floor the drums were in that room with the slanted ceiling mm-hmm. and there's nothing in there it kind of had a really cool sound and you know just like throwing that stuff all together that we had each hammered out every piece you know what everybody's playing what we're gonna do um and and having like a pretty you know good natural uh approach to it because the you know I had played with each of you for a long time. So it was, we already had like a natural chemistry. It was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I, I do also remember, um, I think it was the night we recorded or day 
that we were we were at the house all day recording um like four songs and then uh lambert called one of us and said hey you know like sharks were playing at the pub right down the street at, at mccoy yeah. Yeah, Galway. Like, right? yeah, Galway. Hey, yeah. do you guys want to? I think somebody dropped off or whatever. And um, yeah, do you guys want to come play? And um, like, we'd been playing all goddamn day. <laughs> I'd been I'd been singing for singing. hours. My voice was already blown. And I said, "Sure, why not? Let's go." You know, that's that's the thing. It was it was that day we did all your vocals. We like put you in the closet. Mm-hmm. And we had the we had like the board <laughs> set up out in the hallway. Yeah, and, uh, like you, you could barely talk at the end of the day, and then you're like, yeah. "Oh, we're gonna go play a show," and we rocked it. Like, I mean, it was just like it was that was a, a crazy day. But that's really what I remember about that whole time was just how fast it went. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh, we hook up, do it, you know, play up with you know a couple of sh- a couple of songs, open up for sharks. Uh, oh, hey, maybe we can actually like you know play a few more songs, get it together, and like you know. I'm at your house like all the time. And the next thing you know, like we've got a makeshift like mixer into a a piece of uh like interface through a laptop and mics yeah. going under doors and through cloud. And it was just like holy shit. And out of nowhere, we've got this demo, which yeah. was awesome. It's and then it was like, I don't even know how we got from that to radar. Like it was like we did a demo ourselves, yeah. like it was like we're a cassette punk band. Okay, but now we've got a really good sounding demo. Next thing you know, Daryl's mixing us at Radar, and we have an album. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, yeah. like it's like our whole ten year career fell into like the first like four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought like about some of the shows that we played, you know, cause even f- from my view, um, we did some pretty incredible shows, got to open for some amazing bands, but like, what do you, is there a show that, that stuck out to you individually that you'd want to talk about and, and why? Well, why, don't, why don't you start that? I'm going to start. I'm, I'm uh, curious to hear. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, you know, I'll, just shout out our our good friends and best practices like we oh. um you know i remember that we would uh play with them quite a bit oh, there we go yeah yeah um so it would just 
like really great to uh, kind of have the community around that. Like I, I th- this in playing in Cedros, it felt a little bit different than even, I mean, I've, I've been blessed to play in a lot of bands, but it just felt like we were a part of uh, the scene a little bit more uh, with this particular thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but, uh, but yeah, getting to play with best practices, those guys were, were awesome. And um you know, getting to play down at No Problemo. I love playing there. So we did a show with best practices down there. Uh, so I guess I will shout that one out when we, uh, you know, ate, ate burritos with those those wonderful people and, you know, play it as loud as we could in a burrito restaurant, taco restaurant in New Bedford. So, yeah, and I think that was the second time we that was the second time we played there. Right. Because we played with uh, was it Restorations? No, we yeah. played with uh, the Riot before. Riot before. Right before. All right. Uh, that who, was my favorite. That was my favorite show was the Riot before. And yeah, those guys yeah. were amazing. Yeah. And that was also with Highlights. And I forgot who That's else right. was on. But, um, but no, we did. Yeah, I mean, Restorations uh, at the parlor or I don't even, was it the box at the time? I don't know, but where, where the parlor yeah. is now, you know, uh, I think that was also the, um, the night of the, it was the first challenge. It was the Lionel Richie challenge. Oh, was it so that night? <laughs> drove up from, uh, we're, they're from Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. So they drove up from Philly and they, um, they must've just thought like, what the fuck is going on? You know? <laughs> like me, yeah. me and Anthony, I are, are, uh, duetting, um, Endless Love, Lionel Richie and Diana <laughs> Cross. Yeah. I'm playing it through uh, a half stack uh, with no, no other instrumentation. Um, yeah. That's how we started the show. I mean, that, that was just a great time. I think that was one of the fun, most fun parts of what we were doing at the time was we played with so many different people, like, you know, best practices and weak teeth and then you know, highlights and um, restoration. And, you know, we played it, you know, AS220 or the box or, or no problemo or God knows wherever else. And it was like, like we just fit in regardless. And everybody was like, you know what? You guys are my favorite, like Rhode Island band. That's not just a <laughs> hardcore band, not just a punk band. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's freaking awesome. I remember one show, it was, I think it was that same show with, um, highlights at the box and um reverse the curse was just like touring and mm-hmm. came in just to see a show and to and to drink and they were like they had no money they were just like hey can we like kind of sell a couple cds and get some gas money and caleb was like why don't you just set up and play and like they play really? like i bought their album and like that's like one of my favorite albums still or cd Mm-hmm. yeah it was just such a crazy time like it was just so fun to play with so many different cool bands yeah yeah firehouse that was like a fun show that night um or um yeah i was with like I, sour I punch know. i think which uh, i don't remember else and then yeah squid amps it was just like to now that you know kind of looking back that has just become to me a, a such an iconic place and just to have been able to uh play there and uh you know what Paul and Chris and John and everyone that was connected with that did, but yeah, I got, I mean, getting to play with like the world is a beautiful place, you know, like oh, how, yeah, how, yeah. how big they are now and just, you know, but even just getting to see shows. I mean, I, we went to go see you blew it there, right? Caleb. And yeah. we're like to Kembe back in the day. It was just, it's such a cool spot. In, in a, um, basically a single, a single bay garage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, 
this really intense situation, right? Where um, you like, I'm. It's like you're, you're standing right in front of uh, some other people. You're right in somebody's personal space. There's no, there's no margin for error whatsoever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't really hide. Um, Everyone's like, entertain me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. like, it was really, it was warm though, because I felt like um, in that room, you know, there was just a, uh, I don't know, a, a tradition of like giving, giving your time, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here. I'm here to see some people play. So I'm going to like, I'm going to put my phone down and like, I'm going to, just pay attention, you know, because mm-hmm. like you, you get to be in this really cool space. And and I remember having this conversation with, I don't know, uh, either of you or somebody else about how, like, how much money would you pay to see, you know, some of your favorite bands in a space like that where you're, mm-hmm. I mean, you're in their practice space, basically, you know, and mm-hmm. you're able to like stand right next to Neil playing drums, who's mm-hmm. like just blowing your mind, you know, yeah, like, yeah. or, or, uh, or whatever's going on there, you know. I mean, it was amazing. Um, one night, I don't know how I asked Paul about this recently. Um, that uh, Paul uh, Dicicio, name, like yes, Paul from Tor Johnson. Yeah, okay. He Waxahachie played there. Mm-hmm. She was solo, and I felt bad because, like, it's an intent. It's not probably what she expected at all. But you know, people got to see her do her real thing. You know, like mm-hmm. right in front of them it was it's amazing you know mm-hmm. no it was it was incredible and yeah it was just really cool to uh to do what we were able to do and yeah i mean you just brought it up phil like i didn't even really remember but yeah we were able to spread out somewhat quickly even just in the you know just the time that we were doing this stuff so yeah. um but yeah I'd, I'd love to get into the record the red knight we did this at the radar studio in Clinton, Connecticut. And, you know, I'd say that this came about, I was fortunate to have gotten to work with Daryl Rabideau, um, who some people might know as the guitarist of the cancer conspiracy and also played in deleted arrows. He uh, recorded a bunch of stuff for sharks come cruising. And uh, I don't remember uh, exactly how he, he, how we landed at the radar studio. I mean, I, I believe he's just longtime friends. If I remember correct, but the owner was will. Right. Um, but, sounds, sounds right. uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys remember about doing the record? And like, uh, I'm sure was it me. I was like, we should probably record these songs. And I've been working with Daryl or I, I don't even remember how yeah. it came about, you know, but. So you, you knew Daryl. So that was this record, right? The sharks. Yeah, we did that. The yeah, a past we forget. Uh, And I think we did some other. We did uh, like some other. We did like I think four other songs in a different session before that, if I remember right. But I don't. I'm not totally sure. That ask Mark Lambert that. But I think that we did two different sessions. um, I think I don't know. But yes, we had worked together. uh, Daryl and and Sharks worked together. Um, Yeah, we recorded the sharks record up here in Providence at strange ways with, um, that was a studio that Daryl and Mike Poorman from hot rod circuit owned together. But, um, but yeah, I mean, getting down to radar, uh, you know, I guess I'll just start, but I I was definitely, it's an impressive 
space and I have never recorded in a place like that or probably will ever record in a place like that uh, because of how unique it is. Uh, you know, I've done, you know, your traditional studios, uh, houses, whatever it is, you know, basements. Uh, I, but like this looked like, I forgot what you described it as, Caleb, but it looked like some Star oh, Wars like yeah. cave or something like that. <laughs> e- Echo base on Hoth. <laughs> That's more specific. Yes. Yeah. The coordinates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, why don't you guys talk about what your experience was like recording with Daryl and um, recording at, at the radar studio. Um, hmm. Well, um, I, I just remember when you uh, suggested uh, Daryl, I was uh, pretty intimidated because I was familiar with him as a player Mm -hmm. Uh, so he came to like, I didn't know him and he came to check us out. Uh, we were, we played at ASU 20 and I just remember like, uh, so I'm the guitar player and he's like watching me play. And I just, the whole time we're just like, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. Like trying to play my fanciest, uh, you know, Oh, I'm going to do my major seventh with no fifth. Check this out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no i i didn't i didn't know him and and um i mean you know so recording is uh, it can be just such an intense process because Mm -hmm. or or just a situation right where um you have somebody who's um just trying to get the sounds correct right and and you have to try to not take it personally you know what i mean Uh, oh yeah yeah like he's like he's just trying to get the best recording for the band you know and Mm -hmm. At least I've always just defaulted to that. I mean, I'm for me personally, I'm a self-taught musician. So I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I kind of know what I like and, and know what I want sometimes, but I, I'll default to a sound engineer, you know, pretty much any time. Like if that's what will have a better result or make more sense down the line. Like I have no idea what happens when it gets to the board, you know, like any of that stuff. Like just it's like rocket science to me what some engineers can do you know (laughs) yeah uh, and i don't know about the two of you but i mean going in i i just really wanted to um i just wanted very bare bones like you know full mm -hmm. full takes i didn't want things like punch-ins or anything um you know any layers or anything like that and uh you know again i didn't i didn't know this person and james you you trusted him and so Mm -hmm. i trusted you and we went for it and i mean it was it was just a phenomenal experience you know um to work with somebody who's just so uh like just so comfortable um Mm -hmm. you know especially like singing i i hate singing in front of people i just hate singing in front of people and uh, recording vocals is this like (laughs) <laughs> really intense experience right so you have this one other human who has to listen to you basically fuck up a hundred times right <laughs> yeah like your voice it's not yeah. like an instrument that you're playing and you're not executing it right it's like yeah. so but like yeah I, I you just, can take it like super like you are not yeah. good like you are not right you know <laughs> right. you just you know? sound terrible yeah you know? Uh, no i mean you yeah. know for like to have um somebody i, I didn't know um you know kind of like be that comfortable and and just ha- like the guy just has a fantastic ear um mm-hmm. that i just you know it was easy to trust somebody who just kind of seemed to know like you just explain in in 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my in my um, very basic like caveman musical vocabulary, he was able to translate that to like you know real world information. And okay, I think I know what you guys are you know looking to to do. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it was just amazing. It was great. You know, the radar was amazing. And then like to then move, um, especially vocals, we did in our house in my living room, um, which like you know in the moment I did not appreciate it as much as I do now. Um, it just, it, Why is that? just oh, I mean, to, to have like, um, there's so many le- layers to it, you know, but mm-hmm. like songs that I wrote in that house that we worked out in that basement. And then like, you know, we'd also recorded demos in that house. Um, and then we, I, we finished like a proper recording in, in that living room, like in the living room, like my, turntables right next to it and the mm-hmm. you know my cats walking through the recording and i mean y- you can't make it more comfortable than that so you know we'd record vocal parts and like kind of work through a few a few things and then um daryl was awesome for just like kind of knowing I, I don't know i don't know if he just knows people or he knows what he's what he's doing as far as <laughs> recording enough to to look at somebody and say okay um I think we should take a break and we'd sit down and watch like the new episode of uh, metal evolution, you know, and, <laughs> oh, this and like, I found out a lot about this guy. Like we, we, uh, we both love Queensryche. I mean, you know, there's like yeah, yeah. a lot of cool information, you know, that kind of comes out and, and, you know, I felt uh, like it was just a great experience overall. So I, I can't say enough good things. And I, I don't know. I mean, Daryl should be recording everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, He's got like an actual job now. What the hell, man? You know, like, how did you guys feel about like the, you know, cause we had the first, um, was it like two weekends or something? We went down to, to Connecticut. I don't know. I, I, I think I did most of my stuff that first day. That's usually how, I mean, I don't remember do, taking too, too long, uh, with drum stuff. Maybe it was, we'd like working on wake up just because Daryl had to move some things around just to get a little bit of a different sound. But yeah, I think it was like two days during that weekend. And then you get, I don't know. I don't actually don't remember if I don't, but I don't think I went back the next, uh, the next session. I don't, what do you remember of that Phil? I, um, yeah, I remember after that first weekend, I was exhausted, even though I don't remember (laughs) doing much. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, the, the, I think I went next. And I think that weekend we did the bass as well. And then the rest of it was Caleb and guitar. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we did the vocals at Caleb's place. Um, I, uh, I, I really just remember kind of just, I was awestruck and it's weird because I'd been in studios before and I had been recording on my own and, you know, I had gear and digital equipment and knew what was up and, you know, you walk in there and it was like, Oh my God, like, just what what will put into that place mm-hmm. like you said like just the spray foam all over and you know a wall of amps and every combination you wanted a marshall head with an orange cab and oh yeah you know it's just and then like you know we didn't even like james recorded in there like that's where the drum stage was but then caleb and i recorded like right in the in the booth with mm-hmm. with daryl and it was just so sick like it was like I don't know. Like it was super comfortable. Um, it, it was, 
not what I had pictured going into it. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I think Caleb's right. Finishing it out. Like we did the work where we needed to do the work, but then like it, for the finishing touches, like doing it back at the house was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I just remember that last day doing my vocals. Um, we didn't have a pop screen. So like we used like a, like a piece of a candle holder or something like that went over the mic and like just enough to not have pops come through. And <laughs> it was just like, I mean, it was great. It was for professional as it was, it just like had such a, like a, like a down home, like DIY feel to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, what uh, Daryl always did or what he does, I mean, I'm sure he still uh, uses this technique, but he would reamp everything. So just be getting the clean signal and then, it just always added this ability to tweak sounds on the way out. So then he would like then push it back through the board to, uh, you know, through whatever amp that you wanted it to be and then record that amp, like without anyone physically playing. I know that that was a big technique that he did with the sharks record. So Mark would just play his guitar and then they could always just like tweak it instead of trying to get that perfect sound at the beginning. And yeah, it just, it's really interesting. And, um, and again, I've just, I've, I've been, uh, fortunate to get to record with a lot of different people over the years but daryl is just like the perfect mix of like casual and critical um and like i've worked with some that can be you know tilted one way or the other with both of those things and and again it's it's fine and and what it was but like i think that daryl is just like a good a good uh mix of that or uh at, at least from my perspective like it i think i love how we makes my drum sound and uh you know just a really positive and fun experience and um and yeah i'm with you caleb too like the first time i, I met him it was kind of hard to get you know like to not be intimidated by him uh even though he's not the drummer in cancer conspiracy like the drummer of cancer conspiracy is ridiculous so i'm like oh man this guy's gonna be judging me but uh and maybe he was but he never made me feel like he was judging me so <laughs> uh and yeah, I mean, I love how this record sounds. I think what you're talking about, Caleb, like it's just a really good guitar record. Like I just, I, I, I'm like usually focused on drums, but the guitars on the Red Knight just sound so good. And like you, your choices of what you did, I think are really intelligent. And then I'm just sure just like, you know, Daryl was able to, you know, capture that stuff or, or tweak it to what it was. But I mean, I think that that's a, a big piece of what this, this record is. And I think that it makes sense, you know, like going back to where we're talking about the, you know, these songs started as you playing riffs and kind of having these song uh, pieces and our song fragments and piecing them together. Um, so I'm really happy with that. Like what's um, what do you guys think? Or, 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 you know, I guess throughout, like, what is your, favorite song like what are you most excited about people hearing when this comes out on november 5th uh i i actually uh yeah uh uh, best defense um it's funny you know i hadn't listened to any of these songs in a long time and then Mm -hmm. we were all talking about it again that was august i had um i had some time to really i I was driving around a lot and listened to it and and it's just uh so many projects Uh, i'm sure you guys kind of feel the same way it's not just music but anything that you do in the moment you know you're just so uh you're so focused on getting everything right that you just are paying attention to 
what needs attention, what needs attention, like what's Mm -hmm. off uh, the flaws and like hearing it after, you know, with a little hindsight, like that best, best defense is just so tight. Like every element of it just works. It's not overcooked. You know, it's, it's still to me feels um, like it breathes, you know, it's uh, present, Mm -hmm. Uh, but like all of the parts, like everything that you guys had worked out, um, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's so much on there that, uh, like I couldn't hear when we played live because I'm standing in front of a ridiculously large guitar amp, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, like you guys had all this stuff worked out, you know, that one and, um, uh, lost sleep is, has been the song since we started playing it. Um, it's the one song that gets stuck in my head randomly that I think I've thought about for years. Like it just pops up into my head. So I just love hearing that. And I love playing that song with you guys. Uh, it was just always so fun. Which uh, song are you most stoked about people hearing, Phil? Uh, Roach Loom is my favorite song. Uh, yeah. Totally my favorite song. And it's really hard to say that, too, because I love the album as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to pick out a song because like, they all just pop in your head. And as you're listening to them, it's just like you, it's such a sing-along feel. I love it. Like everything about the way that the album as a composition came out. But like... I just think the dynamics and Roach Limit just hit every aspect of like the kind kind of music I love to play mm-hmm. and love to listen to. That's all you, James. I mean, that's like, you know, knowing to pull pull those uh those accents back and and where to, you know, up it. I mean, I just play I just play one volume all the time. <laughs> yeah. So you're just trying to figure out how to how to shape that, you know, and mm-hmm. it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I really like Glue Song. I don't uh, I just it's always just been a really fun song to play on the drums and it just uh I don't know. I I just I, it just is so like driving. Um I just really dig that. And then you, you have a lot of uh, uh, what's what's his name? John Worcester. You have a lot of his style parts on that song. Oh, from like Super Chunk. And stuff yeah, like that? yeah. 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 Flash, no, that... Flash a million other bird wreck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some Super Chunk influence um, far, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But yeah. And then invited like some of the other stuff that is you know quote unquote like a slower stuff uh i think just really breaks through 
Um, I can just uh, identify with the song content and it just has a good feel. Like it just like, again, just an awesome, like guitar rock song, like replacements. It kind of reminds me of that. And yes, I mean, I'm really excited. I hope that people check out the record. It's something that I'm very proud of, but it's, uh, to be honest, also just something that I'm, uh, just happy that we've done. Like, it's just like, it, it is like the, a record that I'm just glad that I have gotten to listen to it. I hope that other people listen to it and like it, but even if they don't, I, I like it, you know? And I think that that's a, uh, like a, a good place to be, you know, like I've, yeah, you know, we've all played music and it's hard to not get wrapped up in like wanting to have some more popularity or to have some more success or whatever else that stuff can mean. Um, but I think that just, the, this is just a, you know, really like it's cliche, but just like a pretty authentic record of, you know, that was written in this house in Pawtucket and a lot of the stuff that was there at the beginning of how these songs came together, stayed together. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I just really dig it and I'm just excited to have it come out and, uh, you know, hope some other people will enjoy it. It's been cool. Even just over these last couple of weeks of sharing the news and having some people, you know, hit me up and, and just say, Hey, oh, that's, that's awesome. You know, like, <laughs> I can't wait, wait for this. You know, I've been listening to the demo for 10 years or whatever it is. I just want to hear this record. And, um, it's just, it's, it's encouraging. So. Yeah. go And I just want to do uh pull out, you know, go, going along with the, uh, the theme of the house, um, that wallpaper graphic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It just crushed me when I saw it. I was, I, I just, I was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Um, it, it's so perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, what, what Caleb was referring to is like in the hallway going in the front stairs of Wayward House, it, it had this really ornate wallpaper. Like uh, it was, I guess, noticeable, you know, like anyone that would come and noticeable. visit us. Uh, when they would, you know, make it up the the flight of stairs to get into the living room, they'd be like, "Wow, that's the wallpaper you have there," and yeah. it just, you know, became a part of the house. So took that and you know, uh, uh, you know, made it work. Uh, so it's the inside of the cassette cover. Um, there'll be like you know the same kind of theme with the seven inch cover. Um, there's like some of that is like dropped into the background of the label itself on the seven inch as well. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of taking that, that feel and, and, you know, the, the visual piece of the house and, and keeping it as a through line into the actual release. So, um, which again, I mean, that it, it matters. I mean, it matters to the three of us. It matters to Caleb and I for, you know, living there, but, um, yeah. and it's also just, I don't know. I think cool looking. I'm sure that, you know, people aren't going to say, oh, that looks like Caleb and you know, Caleb's wallpaper, <laughs> but they might just say, yeah. oh, that's, that's pretty cool. You know? So. Or, um, or anybody we know might just think like, I, that looks really familiar. I can't yeah, yeah. on it though. I feel <laughs> yeah. like I've stumbled past that wallpaper at some yeah, point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty wild though. I mean, like that just kind of, that was a bookend for me, you know, I mean, it mm-hmm. started and finished there. I, it, it's funny that you had even, I, what did you pull that from like the background of a photo or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I actually like to what you're saying, I had a friend that came 
to uh to visit us and and she would just like this is some wallpaper and to had taken a picture and it was like decent enough to you know be able to to make it work you know because again this is going back you know 10 12 years or whatever else it was so it wasn't like you know everyone's camera phones had the highest resolution or anything like that so but was yeah, yeah. able to make it work and 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 you know uh fit for the design and everything like that so yeah and it and it just kind of hit me you know like it was something that um yeah i don't even i didn't really but honestly like a ton of thought or even it wasn't something that i've been thinking about for that long i'm just like oh i gotta put something here and like and that just kind of popped into my head so maybe there's something to that right yeah 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 you know perfect sense i mean i mean that's right next to that was like the the room that we recorded the vocals in is right next to where that all was and Mm -hmm. um in that next room also i would sit in like uh rewatch um uh it's uh, terry gilliam's film the the uh the fisher king which uh i'm drawing the character of the red knight from uh so in my mind it's all interconnected you know like yeah yeah and and you i whether how how much of it was conscious or not you know i mean that just that just like slams the door on it i mean way to go nice work (laughs) yeah that's cool but uh yeah i mean so anyone that's listening you know please check out the album uh cedros the red knight however you want to consume audio these days whether it's on you know any streaming platform or uh where the living room used to be the bandcamp page which is livingroomutb.bandcamp.com you know buy a tape super limited the seven inches or uh lathe cut and uh super limited as well um just you know if anyone has listened to this podcast or or knows me at all it is just means a lot to have something physical to hold and it just kind of makes it real. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to, to shout out or, or discuss that I may have forgotten about? I, I think you should have released it on more, more formats, you know, or yeah. V- VHSC. <laughs> um, Sega Genesis. I want to listen to it on my Genesis. I think you can, okay. I've, I've seen some people that are doing that, that they can, they can release music on like video game cartridge now. Like they can make the go. chip and uh, yeah. So you can, <laughs> we, we also have to do an eight bit version of the record. Ah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> go back into the, I'm sure Daryl can actually figure that out. So, you know, <laughs> one thing I, I wanted to kind of reminisce on with James is, you know, we were both in school at oh, the yeah. time. It was just whatever extra time that we could fit. Like, I'm like playing, I'm like writing a paper with my bass on my lap and, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about what when the papers do versus when our next show is. And like, I think that on from a couple of angles that the reason things happened, like, as frantically as they did is because we had so much going on. And I think if it had been even a couple months later, it wouldn't have happened at all the way it did mm-hmm. because it was, you know, early 2012, right after we recorded, um, you know, I graduated and started with a new firm. 
um, you were finishing up. Actually, I think you were going into Bryant at that point. And it's yeah, like the yeah. workload was just sick. So, like, I think that's why it ended so abruptly. But looking at it now, like, 10 years later, it's like hearing it for the first time and hearing it, like, from a fan perspective. And it's really become, like, my favorite album to listen to. Like, there's such a there's such distance between it now that, mm-hmm. like, I think it's it's just uh, we can we can appreciate what it took to do it then and we can appreciate how it sounds now mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just grateful that we got to to make this record and got to make it with you i guess we'll bring it up that caleb is you're my like longest friend you know like you are the reason i live in rhode island uh you know so and i and i left <laughs> yeah now he's a mass hole you know um yeah. Like just but, <laughs> this Kumi guys ruined my home state. I gotta, <laughs> yeah. But I, I brought it up in, in, in other interviews, you know, where I like that I've talked about, like I've, you know, it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, long winded answer, but just, you know, like meeting you out in San Diego and yeah. uh, playing music with you say. out that, you know, like, it's just, um, you know, it's just, it's cool to be able to get to create with you um, and, and, you know, make this record with you both. So Uh, I'm just like thinking now about, you know, uh, everything you're kind of putting together about you. (laughs) So you guys had all these things going on in your lives, like school relationships, full-time jobs. And you're like, Oh, I need to make time to go dick around in my friend's basement (laughs) on these songs that like, he doesn't even have lyrics for. And like, we'll play shows there. There was like one song that we played, I think every show, but maybe one or two we played, I had no lyrics for. So I was just like, I don't even know what I was saying. Just (laughs) adding things, you know, and then Phil Phil would be, Phil would sit down. Like when uh, Daryl was over my house, like, Oh, I, I think you're saying, it sounds like this. Okay. He would like translate your. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, that sounds good. Okay. Let's go with that. You know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So thanks so much, guys, for uh, for making time. I mean, to like screw around and like really uh, make a good, uh, I don't know, just just a good project um, Mm -hmm. and put your your full effort into it. It, It's so it's so obvious when you hear all of the parts that you both uh, like sat down and thought about every every note, every accent, every detail of what you you were doing and and to think about how much was going on in our lives at that point, you know, like that's just wild, you know? Mm-hmm. So nice work. I'm going to pat you on the back right here. Boom. boom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's great to see you guys and we'll be chatting. We'll uh, connect when this comes out and uh, you know, we'll send you a text celebrate a celebratory text message when this record actually hits the airwaves and everything like that. So, but it's really cool to, uh, to get to talk with you and, uh, and, uh, see you all again. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for doing all of this. I really appreciate it.